For the month of May, I'm going to speak every Sunday morning on getting started. How many of you know this is a new day? This is a new hour. This is a new season for the church. This is time to leave behind what we were. We don't want to go back. It's a fresh start. People need a fresh start. It's time for us to get started. There's folks still weary at home. They're watching on TV. Bless you. Folks still very fearful. Folks still very angry over the state of our nation. People uh, getting uh, even the Spirit of God blocked by, by their own attitudes, actions, and behaviors. And I'm saying it's time to get started. Let's get started on our walk with Jesus Christ. I don't care if you've been serving the Lord for 100 years, 40 years, two years, 50 years, whatever it is, how all of us need a new start, a fresh start. That's why God said to Jeremiah, there are new mercies fresh every morning. The manna was given fresh every morning. We need to get started on our new walk in God. Can I get an amen for that? There's a new day written down, new name written down in glory. There's a new day too. The destiny of God is purpose for today. We're going to start. Let's get started this morning. I take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verses 29 to 31. Paul's talking to the Corinthian church. He says he knows that there's divisions among them. There are some real problems, people boasting about their leaders and so forth. And he quotes Jeremiah 9.24, and he says this, uh, Don't let the rich man glory in his riches, the strong man glory in his strength, or the wise man glory in his wisdom. If you're going to boast in something, then boast in the Lord. This goes along with our theme for the year, stand and proclaim. If you're going to boast about anything, if you're going to spout off about anything, it's time for you to get started on proclaiming the kingdom. Amen? Let's, let's get past what the world would draw you into and the issues that is tugging and pulling. How many of you know that the world's lost? They're blind, they're fallen, and, and they don't know what they're saying, what they're doing in reference to God, but we do. So we don't need to boast in wealth. We don't need to uh, proclaim power. We don't need to proclaim wisdom of man and the power of man and fight the wealth of man. We can boast in God. We've got the Lord that we're going to boast in. And in Christ, we have all that is necessary to live in godliness and righteousness. So it's time for us to stand. It's time for us to get going and start boasting about God. Let's stop boasting about your sides and your views and your input. Let's boast about Jesus Christ, shall we? I know we have things to say about injustice. I know we have things to say about the foolishness we see. It's necessary to take a stand. But if you're standing without the power of God, if you're not standing in Christ Jesus, you're standing with the world. So I want you to see that John uh, Paul goes on and he says this in 1 Corinthians 1.30. And he tells us what we have in order to start fresh and to move forward for the kingdom of God. He says this, And because of him, God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, 
and redemption. It's time to get started. Let's get moving. And we have all that we need to get moving past our carnal life, past our past issues. And he gives us these things. He said, because God has given us in Christ. God called you and you've received Christ. Now Christ has become for us the wisdom of God, the righteousness of God, the sanctification of God, and the redemption of God. That's all in us. Woo, we're well equipped. And so we need to operate out of that. Now those are theological words, aren't they? Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. A lot of times people don't understand what that means. They're, they're, the theology, are you sanctified? Uh, uh, sure, I guess I am. I, I'm holy. We don't know how to live that out. Have you been redeemed? Yeah, that means like uh, Jesus paid a price that I couldn't pay. You know, we have these Sunday school things memorized. And you know what? Most of the time, we're not living in the power of them. We don't understand them. Let me help you understand what they are in God. Number one, wisdom is right thinking. How many of you need a right mind? How many of you need to think rightly on the topics of the day? Think rightly in the decisions you're making. That's wisdom. Godly thinking. I've got right thinking. Now, righteousness is right living, right? We wouldn't be here if we were living right on our own. We've done messed up. Everybody in this house is here because we're trying to fix the mess we made from years of wrong choices. But that righteousness has been imputed to us so that now we can have right living. We have the authority to overcome wrong living. We have the power and authority in us to make a decision for Christ instead of sin. We can sow to the Spirit instead of sow to the flesh. Is somebody glad about that? Yeah, your wife's glad about that. Your husband's glad. We can now live right. And I thank God. That's what righteousness is. Living rightly before God. And sanctification means I have a new nature. I'm not going to live out of the old Tim. I'm going to live out of Jesus Christ in me. Wow. I can start fresh today. How many of you want to start with a new nature? You no longer belong to Adam. That's not my father anymore. I have a new father. My father is the Lord Jesus who brought me into eternity. Amen? Father God who gave his son to birth life in me. I have a new nature. And last of all, what does redemption mean? It means it's a new start. I've been redeemed. I have a new value. I have a new identity. If we're not living out of our identity in Christ, we will slip back. So this is how we can get started. This is how we can start fresh, with right thinking, right living, a new nature, and a new start. It's a new day for us, the church. We need to put away all the old sacred cows that we used to have when we did church. It's time to look to heaven for the word for now. Amen? You with me? So this morning, I'm going to take the first one, wisdom, right thinking, and help us understand how to have that right thinking in this new nature. And so wisdom, uh, the best verse in that, comes from Colossians 2.3. It's in Jesus, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Did you know that in Christ Jesus, the full manifestation of the riches of God's knowledge and wisdom dwell in Him? They dwell in Him. 
Oh, and I've got something good for you. Because if you're a believer, who dwells in you? Say it again. One more time would do good. Yeah. If Jesus is in me, and all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in him, what do I have access to? All the knowledge and treasures of wisdom. Then why are we acting so foolish? <laughs> We're not leaning enough. Like that word that was given to submerse ourselves in the word of God. That we would walk in the hidden knowledge of wisdom and the treasures. The other word is, is that we would believe and then we'll see. Trust in his word, not by what you're looking at around you. And so the wisdom of God abides in us, the full riches of his knowledge. See, what happens is this. We vacillate between reason and emotion. That's what drives our decisions, right? Right now, you know, for a, a long time, reason took over everything. That reason and intellect and knowledge and science, human reason is going to lead us to the solar system, to other planets. You saw it through the 50s, through the 80s, through the 90s. Human reason took over the church. We don't need religion. We've got the reason of man, the intellect of man. We are so smart. But something shifted through the 90s into the 2000s, into where we are. Our culture shifted from reason into emotionally based thinking. How many of you noticed that? You can't have a reasonable conversation with someone. It is charged emotionally. And so everything is moving through emotion. And these are the only two facilities most people have is reason and emotion. And you and I operate that same way. You make your decisions based on, hmm, is this the reasonable thing to do? Or is, I want it anyways. It makes me feel good. Or I don't want that. Or I don't like the way they look. I'm not going to listen to them. Because emotionally, I'm not connecting to them. But they might be saying reasonably the right thing you need to hear. So we vacillate between those two things. And you know what? As long as we just have those two things, it's left up to us. But we've got something that is an additive that no one else has. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith is that third element. That if we would trust in the word of God, thus saith the Lord, it's his wisdom and knowledge in the word, that if you stick to it, it seems unreasonable to do what the Lord's asking me to do. And emotionally, I'm not feeling it. It just doesn't seem reasonable for me to walk up to that big, hairy, burly, Harley Davidson dude. And emotionally, I'm not encouraged to do so. But the Spirit of God is saying, talk to the man. And I've had this happen before. And when you go there and you go, excuse me. I feel the Lord wants me to talk to you. And you're waiting for this guy to turn around and just, and he's going, what, is he, what does he have to say? And the Lord put on your heart to tell him, the Lord Jesus loves you. And he goes, it was beyond your reason, behind your emotion, but faith told you to walk there. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to get started in the wisdom of God. God's telling you to call that person that you, you haven't talked to in a long time. You go, oh, I don't know if I should do that. 
I don't know what I'm walking into, but faith says, do it. Love keeps no record of wrong. Do it. Do it. God is telling us to act and to move. The rest of the world is saying it's this, but the Word of God says, no, it is this. And so in wisdom, I must choose the Lord's way. The Lord's way is the right way all the time, and it will bring wisdom between the reason and the emotion. Your emotion will catch up. It'll follow where your heart leads. Amen? So we have an element that nobody else does. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus in us who holds all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But we're depending on the arm of flesh. We're depending on our own intellect. We're depending on the numbers. We're depending on the science. And I'll tell you what, it's so messed up. You can't trust much anymore. How many of you know that? Right? So how about we get in the Word? How about we follow the Word and the wisdom it teaches us to follow after Christ? Wasn't it interesting that Israel followed Moses out of Egypt? They're free. Reasonably, they realize they're no longer in bondage, but emotionally they're nervous. They see God in the mountain. They see the fire. They hear the voice of God. But Moses is gone for 40 days, so they reason themselves, hmm, maybe this Yahweh isn't here anymore. Really? Ten plagues? The Red Sea? The fire mountain of God? And 40 days later, you question whether he's here? Aaron, I need a statue to worship. Emotionally, I need something to hold on to. Really? Some of you are in a place where you need to hold on to something. Can I tell you to hold on to the Word of God? It will never change. This earth will pass away. Heaven will pass away. But my Word will endure forever. You need something to hold on to. Get a Word from the Lord and stand on it. Stand on it. It doesn't seem reasonable. Stand on it. Yeah, I'm not emotionally connected. Right now I'm distraught. I've got anxiety. Stand on the Word of God. And I'm encouraging everybody that's watching. I'm encouraging all of us. Oh, we must stand on the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God. Do what the Lord is prompting you to do. Follow after Him. That's where the wisdom is. Many of us feel stuck because things are, are too bad to stay where you are, but they're just good enough not to leave your condition. It's complacency. It's safety. It's familiarity. And see, this is what the enemy does. The enemy has a familiar spirit round about you. That familiar spirit creates an environment that you are used to and that you will feel safe in. God's calling you out. The Israelites said, we want to go back to Egypt because we had onions, leeks. Really? You want to leave the presence of God to go have onions and bondage? But it was a familiar thing to them. They didn't understand the desert. And he brought them. It, it was, it, they could have been into the promised land in 20 days. And once they got there, emotionally they saw big 
Canaanites and Philistines like giants. Yeah, but everything else was like giants. The grapes were like giants. The agriculture was like giants. Everything was big there. God said, I'll take care of your enemy. That was the wisdom of God. But they reasoned and emotionally weren't there and they wanted to go back. That's a familiar spirit. How many of you have ever been stuck in a place where you know it's no good to be in, but it's familiar enough to feel okay? Right? It's interesting how people who who have been young uh, and been abused by a certain personality or a certain parent, and they end up marrying that same kind of person because it's familiar and it felt right, though it's wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? Many of us have been in a place where it's, it's familiar and it feels okay. We've spent a year and a half indoors feels familiar, feels okay. We've been wearing masks for how long? It's the new normal. No, it's not normal. It's not. And so wisdom says we've got to break out of this thing. But I'm afraid. Then put your trust in the Lord. We have to get a new mindset. This isn't about reasoning out of this thing. It's not about emotionally. It's about by faith. We have to have the wisdom of God to move forward but I lack understanding and God said this through James he said if any of you lacks wisdom now again we've got all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge dwelling in us through Jesus Christ don't we but if we lack wisdom you should ask God you know what gets me I read through the New Testament and there is an expectation that the believer in Jesus Christ should be hearing the voice of God. This is, in modern Western Christianity, that is foolish to many churches. All you can only hear is the Word of God and what the preacher preaches. He's the one who can tell you what to believe. I'm sorry, but the New Testament says I'm supposed to hear from God daily. My sheep do what? Hear my voice. James is saying, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Oh, do you think I'll get an answer? Yeah, you should ask God. Who gives how? How does he give to us? Generously to to a few select spiritual giants. No, 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 not all. That's too dangerous. If you could hear from God, you might do something silly. You got to hear from the apostle. If you send in $77.53, you ever see this? Where they, now they put in these odd numbers of change because it gives it some kind of mystery to it. Like there's a special number. The 73rd verse of the 53rd Psalm. You know what? I'm keeping my $73 and I'm going to ask God. Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) What do I need to listen to you? You know, but we've been built into that. I got to hear a word. I got to get this from somebody. You got all the treasures of the wisdom and knowledge of God dwelling in us. Let's ask him. And he gives generously to all. There's no one here this morning who cannot hear the voice of God. Without finding fault. That's my favorite part of the verse. Uh, I've got a really dumb question. God finds no fault in your questions. No fault. Man, that's insurance. 
No false insurance. <laughs> Ask him the dumbest question you could come up with. And it's not dumb because there's a mystery of God behind it that you didn't see. God, I don't understand. That's because I'm working in a realm you cannot comprehend, but I'll give you a revelation to understand. Stand firm. That's why God speaks in pictures. That's why God speaks with images. Wow, it's 10 o'clock already. I'm supposed to be done. Okay. <laughs> Let me finish up. Because sometimes when he speaks, how many of you ask God something and he gives you one word? It's like, really? You know, how about a complete sentence? I could use more information. But then as the time goes on, that one word unravels in so many dimensions. Isn't that cool with God? So anyways, if we lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So we have this wisdom. We need to move forward. We need to ask God. So what the Proverbs says is where there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. What is that prophetic vision? The wisdom of God, the word of God that has been addressed to us, the logos and the rhema of God that is active and alive. It's written. It's been given to us. Without a vision, the people perish. This is what the, act, the exact translation is. It's not just without a vision like, uh, you know, I want to become president someday. It's without a prophetic vision, a here and now word God has for you, for your specific need. If you don't have that, you'll cast off your restraint. In other words, you won't restrain yourself or hold yourself to the will of God. You won't hold yourself to the law of God. Blessed are those who keep the law. So if you have a word to stand on, you will hold fast to it, you will cling to it, and it will be the wisdom of God to move you forward. Amen? That's all I'm saying. Should have started with that. But I hope you're getting the download and understanding that this wisdom is in you and God will give it to you generously. Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That word delight means to have a soft heart. Let him mold your heart. Let him knead your heart. Many times we're in the situations we are and we get a hard heart and we don't listen. God says, if you would delight in me, if you'd worship me, if you'd soften your heart to me, then I can mold it and he will give you the desires of your heart because he's shaped your heart for those desires.